You're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. A leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, founder of Vocal Impact Productions, and author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. Now, if you're tuning in today by watching the video version of our podcast on YouTube, you may notice that it looks a little bit different. And that's because today I'm using my iPhone to record. I'm not using the camera that's part of my usual desktop computer and my usual equipment. And now, of course, if you're listening through iTunes or some other audio only version, it shouldn't sound any different because I'm also using my other microphone to record separately on a separate track. So there shouldn't be any discrepancy there. But okay, why am I doing the video version of the recording on my phone? Frankly, because nowadays video needs to be part of more of your communication whether you're a business owner or not, really doesn't matter. And by doing it on your phone, the fact is you can see where you have a lot more flexibility to take videos in any context, make it more formal or less formal. Just the ability to take a good selfie video, as a lot of people like to call it, has become, frankly, a mission-critical, job-critical skill set to have. And that flexibility allows you to connect with whoever your audience is on such a much more personal level and more frequently. Just the other day, you may have noticed if you are on our mailing list and if you got our newsletter, that there was a fundraiser, a 24-hour influence challenge that we had done for the Adoption Center and raising funds for them. And it was 24,000 in 24 hours we were going for, and that's still available if you would like to donate to them. Now, of course, you can go to adopt.org and go to the fundraise button there where you'll see that campaign. But my point is that because it was such a short, uh, there was so little lead up time to that initiative, it was a great opportunity to do something really fast, spur of the moment, and it was a blitz challenge. I was on the road when it was decided. I was not going to be able to get back to my studio here, to my regular equipment to be able to set it up. So I did what anybody else would do. I pulled over, I was in my car. I pulled over to a parking lot and I whipped out my phone to do a selfie video. And you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll be able to see it there. But that's what I had. I had my phone. I had the time. I had to make use of it. Why? Because people are going to pay more attention to the video than they will to just another regular post. And that's the same whether you are sending out proposals via email, whether you're trying to give people instructions, whether you're trying to do quick updates, or you're just trying to touch base with people and let them know that you're thinking about them, that they're in your thoughts and they have not been forgotten. Whether it's long or short, formal or informal, video is frankly a much better way to connect with people. So whether you're going to put it on your website or embed it into an email, There's a lot of statistics out there, actually, that show that people are four times more likely to watch a video than to read text. Now, if you think about your own preferences, you probably know that that's true. 
There's also evidence that shows that people will retain 90%, even 95% of what they learn from watching a video compared to at best around 10% of what they have learned, retaining about 10% of what they've learned from something that they've read separately. So if you want, again, the focus here is speaking to influence. Influence means changing how people feel about something, changing what they think, and most importantly, as a result of this too, changing how they behave. If you want people to do something, they have to be willing to listen. They have to be able to hear what you're saying. And they're going to be more likely to do that if they can see you talking to them. Have that feeling of a conversation, which you can only do via video, not via text. So I want you to have the skill set to be able to do that confidently and effectively. Now, in order to do that, of course, you have to get past some limiting beliefs, some mental blocks, some head trash. And let's face it, we all have some. When it comes to video, the three most common limiting beliefs, head trash, as it were, number one, well, my equipment's not good enough. I don't have good equipment, so I can't do video. Again, hello, I'm shooting this video right now on my iPhone, and it's an iPhone 10. It's not even the most recent version. It's probably two years old or so by now, maybe a little bit more than that. So let's take that out of the way. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about sound, but not really. So if you are worried about the sound equipment, yes, that certainly matters, again, for the audio-only version and if possible for the video, but go to episode 49, which was about your microphone and influence for more information about how to pick a great mic. But again, if all you have is your phone for the moment, don't worry about it. Don't let it hold you back. Better to have just the standard equipment than no video whatsoever more often than not. So again, that was episode 49. If you want to learn more about how to pick a great mic and why you need one under any other circumstances, video conferences, etc. But this is about video creation, a little bit different. So limiting belief number one, my equipment isn't good. I don't have good, I don't have expensive cameras. Number two, limiting belief, head trash point. Number two, I don't like how I look on camera. All right, well, we're going to talk about a couple of things that you can do so that you look your very best on camera. And frankly, half of that is just learning what not to do because most people use their cameras wrong and actually make themselves look worse. Why would you do that? It's like, why would you walk into work without having combed your hair first or without having gotten your lunch out of your teeth or something, right? We want to make sure that you always look your best. So it's not about making yourself look all glammed up like you were going to a Hollywood video shoot. It's just about making sure that you don't actively make yourself look worse than you do in person. So we'll look at a few tips and tricks to make sure that you are putting your best foot and face forward, as the case may be. And then frankly, the most frequent one that I hear, at least when I'm talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, is the feeling like they don't know how to be themselves. They don't know how to act naturally on camera. So we're going to look at a couple of things that will help you get past that feeling of awkwardness, that, that junior high school self-consciousness that somehow resurrected itself 20, 30, 40 years later or more. And we're going to look, by the way, if you overcome the first two, then that third bit, if you overcome the issue about the equipment and not liking how you look, you'll be amazed how much more natural you can feel when you get those self-conscious pieces out of the way. But we'll look at a couple of strategies that you can use, simple steps to make sure that your best, most charismatic, 
most natural personality comes out. That part of you that people like to hang out with, yeah, we'll figure out how to let that guy, that woman come through. So today I want to talk to you about how to fix these issues, how to look great, feel confident, and connect with your audience on video, even a selfie video here using your phone. So let's talk first about the equipment, your camera. If you have a good camera, great, but if not, it shouldn't hold you back. If you're using a smartphone, the fact is most cameras in recent generations of phones are really good. Frankly, if you have, if you're an Apple or a Mac user, I know that the quality of my video camera on my iPhone 10 is infinitely better than the junk that they have included on my newer desktop iMac. It is obnoxious. I don't know why they do that, but they do. So that right away takes care of any concerns that you should have. Now, if you are using a laptop or if you're using a peripheral device, an external camera that you've bought to connect, that's great. Again, it doesn't need to be expensive. You can get a little clip mic, uh, excuse me, a little clip camera that either sits on top of your computer monitor or you can just use the, again, with the phone, if you don't want to use, you know, holding it out with your arm the entire time, especially if it's a little longer, it can get a bit tiring to hold the camera up for a long period of time, but you can also just get a little stand. So right now I'm using my iPhone, but I do have a little tripod with a little extended telescopic, a little tripod foot and a little telescopic stand to it. So that's holding my camera so I don't have to worry about it. Now let's talk about lights for a second. If you've attended any of the various trainings that I've done over the last year or so in particular, we've talked a lot about lights. But one of the things that you always have to remember is that your light must be in front of your face. Now you can have multiple lights around you, which is great, but you have to be sure that you're not backlit. That is first and foremost. People want to see your face. They want to see the expressions on your face if you're happy or sad. Remember the triangle of being in alignment or being congruent, your verbal, vocal, and visual, your facial expressions have to match your voice and your words. And if they can't see your expressions, then that kind of defeats the purpose. If you look at the post that I had put on LinkedIn the other day about the fundraiser, you'll see I was sitting in my car. So I was in a parking lot and I literally had to change parking spaces about three times until I found an angle where I could hold the camera up and know that the lighting was decent, that it wasn't super stark bright in one position where it was drowning me out, or in another one, if there was kind of a shadow from where it was coming down from the front windshield and half of my face was shadowed, there was a line across it, and then there was too bright from my chin and down. In one other place, the light was coming from behind me, and then it was way stark bright in the window, and then I was in a dark car and very shadowed. I had to keep changing positions until the light was coming from the right angle and it looked natural and lit my face in a way that wasn't distracting or otherwise overwhelming. People want to see your face. They want to make eye contact. That's how you connect with them. You also want to make sure that the lights are in a good place so that they're directly in front of you as opposed to too strong overhead. Then if they're overhead too much, it can give you a bit of a ghoulish look because it'll create a lot of rings, dark circles, and shadows under your eyes or under your nose. Or if you have more prominent cheekbones, it can make those look, again, kind of too hollow and ghoulish. So make sure that you get a well-balanced light around you, if at all possible. A couple of equipment pieces that you can pick up. One is a basic ring light, which literally is a circle of LED lights. It can come on stands, different sizes. 
There is a whole list of different pieces of equipment that I recommend that you can download for free. I'll tell you how to do that later. And another light that is a good piece of equipment is called a softbox light. And this is something photographers use where it looks like an umbrella that is open on its side. And the, the light bulb is in the middle. And because the umbrella is turned sideways, it can aim at you or just mine are aiming behind me to warm up the rest of the room to make sure that the whole room looks well lit so it doesn't look like I'm sitting in a cave. And again, then having that balance of lighting allows my whole face to be equally lit no ghoulish under eye circles, etc. I mean, why would you want your lighting and camera to make you look like you haven't slept in a week? If you have, right? This is one of those places where not setting yourself up well makes you look worse than you actually do. Why do that to yourself? <laughs> Be nice to yourself. Set up your equipment so that it doesn't detract from your natural beauty. Male or female, you're gorgeous. Let the camera show it. All right, next, let's talk about the orientation of your camera. And orientation means which direction you hold it. Are you holding it side to side in landscape form where it's wider than it is tall? Or are you holding it upright? When most people are checking their phone, they're holding it in a portrait mode, which is high to low, right? Top to bottom is the length and it's narrower from side to side. You need to think about whom you're sending this video to or where people are most likely to watch it. Are they going to watch it on their phones? Are they going to watch it on YouTube? Are they going to watch it on their computers? Are they going to watch it on Instagram? Because if it is going to be watched on their computer, if they're going to watch it on YouTube, then you want to hold it as I'm recording this video and as I record basically all of my videos, which is in landscape mode, where it's wider than it is tall because that fits the screen and it allows you to fill up the screen. That allows you to take up the most presence and feel most like you're right there for your audience. Now, if you happen to be, for example, posting something where you're going to put it on Instagram where most people will watch it there or a similar platform, then that is known for more portrait orientation videos. So you're going to want to hold it up and down as opposed to side to side as you're recording it. Now, that being said, understand that if you hold it the wrong way as you're recording it, compared to where people are going to be watching it, then it's something where at best you're going to take up just kind of the middle third of the screen, either top to bottom, you're going to take up the middle third and there's a big black box on top and a big black box below you. If you're created a YouTube video to be watched on Instagram or vice versa, if you held it up and down when you're recording it, because that's just how you normally hold your phone, and then people watch it on YouTube, you're going to have these black bars on either side of you, and you'll just be a little column in the middle. Again, it makes you look smaller. It makes you look further away. It makes you look more amateur. It detracts from that brand and that connection that you want. Okay, let's talk then about the height and the angle of your computer. And really, in talking about all of these things, we're addressing both the nature of your equipment, the quality and how you use it, but also how you look on video, how you feel about how you look. That's the important part, right? Head trash point number two, limiting belief number two is I don't like the way I look on video. Change these things and you'll suddenly feel like, hey, I look really good. Or at least I look a whole lot better. I'm more confident in how I appear. I can do this. Now the camera height and camera angle are particularly important because they help with the mindset about things like how heavy you look, how old you look, how, you know, and this is not about body shaming. 
the issue is you have your own limiting beliefs. You feel whatever sense of shame or hesitation that culture has dictated to you, that you've learned to accept from whatever voices are outside of you or inside your own mind. And so what I want to tell you is how you use the camera changes the appearance of things like skin tone as far as uh, you know, age or as far as your weight is concerned. There are ways to use the equipment that can help you not be so conscious of those issues. Again, it's not my judgment about how I think you should look, but if you're unhappy with certain things, A, don't use the camera in a way that just highlights the things that you don't like, and B, use it in a way that helps to highlight the things that you do. So when we talk about the camera and height and angle, we're going to get past those certain hangups. That's what I want to help you do, get past those hangups. So let's talk first about the camera height. First, the camera needs to be at about eye level, especially if it's a selfie video, or just slightly above you so that you get to have your head look up. Um, that helps with your posture, and that also helps with your skin and with the way that it is reflecting light. Most people, especially when they're using either a laptop or they're using a smartphone, they hold it down. And I'm going to actually demonstrate, I'm going to take my smartphone camera here, which is on a selfie stick, and I'm going to bring it down to where most people hold it. And when they're holding it down low, you can see that it's kind of a weird up the nostril shot. You're seeing my skin under my chin more. It's just, it distorts and makes my neck look shorter and it makes my shoulders look thicker and closer to the camera. And I have a little pointier of a head at the top because the tip of my head is further away. It just distorts my natural features, which is why it, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to look like anything other than who I am? And of course, you're seeing the top of my banner behind me and my backdrop, et cetera. And it, it drives me crazy when people are using, all you see is is ceiling fan and light fixtures and stuff above them. It just really isn't professional. So let's readjust. Oops. Okay. A little bouncing here. Put my camera back and all right, setting it back up. So once we're here, our camera position is again at about arm's length in front of us so that we get a little bit more than just the giant headshot, but also you want to have your camera where you're looking at someone making straight on head-on eye contact. That's natural. Plus, if it's down too low, you don't want people to feel like you're looking down on them. I can't stand that one. I mean, look, in, in real life, I'm already a head shorter than everybody else. I don't like when people feel like they're looking down on me. I'm looking up at them. So why would I want to make them feel like that on video? Similarly, once you have your camera lens at the right angle, make sure that you're looking at the lens, not at the screen. And especially when you're using a smartphone as your camera, the natural tendency is to want to look at your own video, right? The natural tendency is to want to look at your own image. And as long as I'm looking now to the side and I'm watching myself talk, that's worse because it's obvious that I'm not looking anywhere near my people, anywhere near the people who are watching the video. I'm not making eye contact with you. So I have to resist the urge to stare at myself on video and make sure that I'm looking back down at where the actual lens is so people know that I'm talking to them. Now, distance is also an issue that you want to consider because you don't want to have the camera up too close because then you get like the giant face and that's just weird. So you want to be far enough back that you get the shoulders, a little bit of torso, 
and that most importantly, you can see that the proportion is important where there is much less space between the top of my head and the top of the screen compared to the space between my chin and the bottom of the screen. I need to be much closer to the top than to the bottom. And especially for those of you who are going to shoot selfie videos in portrait mode, remember that's where you're holding it vertically up and down, then most people really only take up the bottom half of the screen. And frankly, it just looks silly. If you're going to do it, hold it a little bit closer if necessary, but tip your camera up and down so that you are still much, much, much closer to the top than your chin is to the bottom of the screen. You need to get used to that proportion. Otherwise, you just look silly. You just look small. You just look amateur. It does not look natural. It does not look confident or authoritative or approachable. Speaking of approachability, what's most important? if you're going to be approachable, if you want people to respond, to approach you, to engage with you, looking and feeling sincere and authentic. You have to be yourself. And of course, by setting up the equipment the way we've been talking about, that helps you look more like you. And if you look more like you, you will feel more like you and that increases your confidence, etc. So here's the thing though. Mindset-wise, when it comes to being yourself, letting your personality, your true self come through, you have to change what you're focusing on mentally. You cannot focus on all those little mechanical things about, well, how do I look? How's my hair? How's my skin? Am I wearing the right outfit? Do I, yeah, get all that stuff out of the way. But then when you hit the record button and you start talking to people, you have to focus on one thing and one thing only. And that is the importance of giving value. Why are you making this video? What result do you want them to get from it? What feeling do you want to inspire in them? What action do you want them to take? They have to feel something in them to feel like they've connected with you for them to be able to respond the way you want. Now, remember that all audiences are focused on one thing and one thing only. If they're going to invest the time in watching this video, all they want to know is what's in it for me. They are thinking about themselves. They are not thinking about you. They are not sitting there and pretending to be some sort of stereotypical sitcom high school English teacher with the red pen poised, just waiting to ding you on uh, her camera angle's not exactly right. Ding. She said, um, ding. I don't like where her lights are. Ding. Uh, she said, they're not, they don't care. They want to go, okay, why am I watching this? Keep my attention. Keep my attention. Give me something useful. Tell me something that I'm going to appreciate. That's all they care about. So they want you to be connected with them. Focus on them. Focus on why are you telling them this? Why is it important enough for you to go out on this limb and send them a video? If you allow that importance to come through, that's what will capture their attention most that sincerity, that generosity of your spirit. And then they'll listen to what you have to say. They don't care if they don't particularly love your necklace or your tie or whatever it is. So here's how you're going to break through that authenticity, sincerity, mindset wall. You're going to create a practice video. I want you to do 30 to 60 seconds max. You're going to make a video on your phone. I don't care who you're talking to, but I want you to pick 
somebody who loves you, somebody who thinks you're awesome. I want you to pick a friend, pick a relative, send a message to your kid, send a message to your parent, send a message to your significant other, to a friend, doesn't matter. You could tell them how much you love them. Maybe it's been too long and you've been meaning to do that. Or let them know that you're thinking about them and you haven't been in touch for a while. So this is just touch points to let them know that they're in your thoughts. Maybe you want to share a funny story. You heard something or you saw something or something happened to you and you just thought they'd appreciate knowing about it. Maybe you want to encourage them. You want to wish them good luck. They're studying for a test. They're getting ready to move. They are about to have or just had a baby. Whatever it is, a congratulations or a a good luck, a little cheering them on, 30 to 60 seconds. Follow my guidelines, you know, get your lighting in a decent place. Make sure you're holding your camera at the right distance, you know, arm's length if you're holding it. Otherwise, prop it up against something if you can. But once you're ready, hit that button, hit record, and just talk to them, right? These are people who love you. You can do no wrong by them. They just love you for who you are. And make sure that you give that 30 to 60 seconds. And then when you watch it before you send it, ask yourself, if I were him or her, would I believe it? Did that really seem like I meant it? If not, go back and do it again, because you know those words were heartfelt. So if you watched it and you went, oh, blech, that did not sound heartfelt, then just do it over. Don't overdo it. There's a difference between do over and overdo. Do it once, do it twice. If you really have to do it three times, fine. Look, if you flub your line in the middle, so what? I've done it a couple of times in the course of this recording alone. I wanted to say something and I had a false start. I I cut myself off and rephrased what I was going to say. It's okay. That's normal conversation. It's human. But just make sure that whatever you said, in the end, it was sincere. You remember to smile. You remember to use a little bit of body language if you need to, depending on the message. But that what you felt inside as you were saying it came through in the camera. That's why you're going to talk to somebody, keep it super short, but someone who loves you and you know believes that you can do no wrong. Okay? Send that message. Don't overthink it. Count to three. Hit the send button. Send it to them. You will make their day. You'll get the feedback that you're looking for, and that will reaffirm your confidence. Smile, and then know that you can do this at work and in business. Sure, you can practice more later on. And if nothing else, reach out to me, and I'll help you with it. Now, if this has been helpful today, you can get this and a whole lot more assistance of mine on how to be awesome on video, be it a selfie video or your regular laptop, a webinar, a conference call, whatever it is, check out virtualinfluence.today. That's my fully DIY self-paced online course that you can take to get more confidence, presence, and influence on video. It covers everything from your mindset to working on your branding as an individual and the organization you represent We look at video and equipment. We look at your sound and the equipment. We look at using your voice, taking care of your voice, how you speak. We look at navigating some of the technology, both the hardware and the software that you might be using. We will look at things like managing participation, because that's, of course, always a big challenge, right? Then when people show up, how do you get them to participate? How do you get them to respond? How do you get them to turn their cameras on, for heaven's sake? We'll also talk about designing visuals, because let's face it, 
It's not just about, did I make a PowerPoint that is accurate? You want to create visual aids that help to establish you as the expert, position you as the expert on the screen that people want to pay attention to. Of course, in the end, you have your before and your after transformation video. And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you see for yourself your before and after, and you realize how awesome you are, how ready you are, and how much of a difference this can make. And you can see that along with my complete list of equipment recommendations at virtualinfluence.today. But if nothing else, do your homework. Make and send that video, that little selfie video, 30 to 60 seconds to somebody you love, and then incorporate video somehow into your communications with other people starting from today. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or elsewhere so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating so that we can expand our confidence, presence, and influence and give it to that many more people around the world. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, and you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sokola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for readers who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. Your advice is to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.